What's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava. And it's been a uh, it's been a very very weird few weeks these past few weeks, and I, I kind of keep starting off my episodes talking about them, but it's definitely something that's been on my mind and something that a lot of people are gonna look back and remember for a long time. I don't think we'll ever forget the time that we were all stuck inside for. Uh, what what's looking like could be months on end trying to figure out what to do with ourselves so it's been it's been different but um been able to stay healthy been able to spend a little bit more time with family and things have been going well uh sundays are kind of have been kind of super relaxing for me because i don't typically do a lot of work i get i get my fair share of work done on sundays but i usually start out sunday with church and then hang out with family a little bit so they're typically more relaxing days for me, and today was much like that. I mean, woke up, had breakfast, went for a run, uh, did church on uh, the uh, like Zoom church, and then uh, kind of came and hung out with family a little bit more, and going to just relax a lot today. So it's been good. I can't complain about it, and quite frankly, it's outside of the way things are, it's been nice to be able to hang out with friends and family and stuff, so... I've uh, been happy to be able to do that. But um, aside from that, uh, reselling is something that I do a lot. And I think that there is a lot of people that could benefit from it in a time like this. I think that there are a numerous amount of benefits to being able to provide yourself with income uh, based on your own work and the uh, kind of determine what you can make. I was thinking about it a little bit this morning and it's hard when you're working a steady job you're relying on your performance there coupled with the uh, the supervisors and people that have the power to give you a raise and stuff like that with uh, reselling you can determine how much money you're going to make based off of how much work you want to put into it and based off of how much research and how much effort you're going to put into learning and improving your own business and that's something that i think a lot of people glut glance over where you know if you make 60 grand a year or or something like that you get a few percent raise that may only be a couple thousand bucks but if you're operating a significant reselling business it takes some research and a little bit more grit and you can bump up your earnings by an extra 10 grand or, or or something like that basically what i'm saying is you determine your own increase in wages and salary based off of how much you want it and how much you want to work for it and that's something that's something that's encouraging to me i think a lot of people don't realize that that when you have something that's your own you kind of get to shape it and mold it to whatever you want and it's something that i'm definitely looking forward to with the upcoming year being able to grow my business and being able to kind of make some money for myself and determine how much i want to be able to make over what I thought I was initially going to be able to, how much I want to be able to grow my business. That's something that I'm happy to be able to do based off of my own decisions. I kind of like having that bit of authority and the opportunity to choose my own path, if you will. So that's something that I've been thinking about. And all of that kind of started back in February when I started reselling, February 2019. So that was when I started reselling and there are a lot of people who've never started before and don't really know 
what to do or how to kind of get themselves started. And so I've touched on a little bit of ways that I've uh, started reselling, but I don't think I've touched too much on the products that you can look for as a new reseller. And so my hope for this episode today is to kind of just give you a brief intro into different things you can look for, what types of items to look for. If you're just starting this thing out and you want to make the extra few hundred bucks a month and then you know potentially build your way up to something more than that but just to get you to the couple hundred bucks a month what do you need to do and what do you need to look for so I've touched on it before but garage sales and thrift stores are huge and they're your best friend which right now is difficult to be able to go to those areas because they're closed because of the coronavirus but you kind of can pivot off of those and do local sales and local people that are selling things, which would be your Facebook marketplace, your offer up, your let go, those kind of platforms. Craigslist is another one. Um, those kind of platforms do really well at a time like this where people are trying to offload goods and trying to get things to sell that are, you know, things they don't use anymore, things that they'd like to turn into cash. So for you, I started by watching Gary Vee's trash talk videos and I think that they're really good and I think they're a really good intro into how to get started and he talks a lot in those videos about going after vintage uh, things that bring back a nostalgia kind of effect on people if you think about it when you see something that reminds you of your childhood depending on what the memory is whether it's a toy that you used to play with and you had a lot of fun or maybe like for me, me and my grandma would always toss around a uh, like a little foam basketball whenever I went over there. So if I were to see that a similar basketball to that, it would remind me of her, and that would bring back some joy that you know I had that memory of always hanging out and just throwing that ball back and forth with her. So that's kind of the thing that I mean by looking for vintage or or different toys that or different collectibles or anything that could bring back that nostalgic memory for people and take them to a time where they remember something uh, happy or something that brought them joy. And that's kind of like what you're going to be looking for. So Gary talks a lot about that and the things he specifically touches on are coffee mugs. He does a lot of what he calls mug life, which is just selling coffee mugs on eBay and Mercari and different platforms. And then he does a lot of stuffed animals and plush, which are another really good item to resell if you're just starting out. The other things he does are different team sport fanatic type of things that people would have a large following behind. Think like the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, different types of collectible things like Pokemon or like Magic the Gathering, all that kind of stuff that's has a pretty good following that's almost kind of a fan base or kind of cultish or something like that those kind of items typically do really well just because you have so many people that follow it and there's so many people that want to get their hands on various different items so you can usually find a better chance of getting a buyer for an item that's for the Dallas Cowboys who's known as America's team because there's so many people that grew up watching the Cowboys when they were younger and now their kids like the Cowboys because they were always the team that was on on Sundays for everyone in America so those kind of things are what you're looking for so I'll just kind of touch on them a little bit coffee mugs are are one of the things that I mentioned and I think the coffee mugs are huge because they are they present a lot of challenges and they kind of teach you a lot about reselling in just one little 
stupid common item that everyone has around the house. So the first thing that they kind of do is they give you an intro into reselling and how absurd it is that people will pay exorbitant prices for items that they should not be paying. So you can go to a garage sale, you can go to a thrift store, you can find locally garage, you can find coffee mugs for anywhere from 25 cents to a dollar typically. Some of the nicer ones like a Starbucks mug that was limited edition, you can get those for two to five bucks and those ones will go for 50 bucks. But what I'm talking about are the coffee mugs that you just use every day. And maybe you have a coffee mug that has a funny phrase on it or if you're like me, you're patriotic, so I use like American flag coffee mugs, or you have a Pittsburgh Steelers coffee mug, and it was one that was from your grandfather or something like that. That kind of stuff is what you would be looking for when you're going out and looking for coffee mugs. The reason being, like I said, people want that nostalgia, or they follow a certain group or a certain uh, team or something like that, and so they want to buy something that deals with whatever they're passionate about. And so you can find these things super cheap and then you throw them on eBay for, I think, for my break, for my point to be able to get $5 on a coffee mug shipped, I sell the mug for $7.49 plus the, the buyer's paying for shipping. And that gets me right to five bucks on what I'll profit on the coffee mug. And that's the low end of stuff that I'll sell mugs at. You could sell mugs anywhere from, you know, seven bucks up to, you know, 20 bucks and beyond. It's crazy how much people will pay for something so common and easy to come by. And it just goes back to that whole, they have some sort of personal attachment to that item, whether it be a place that they visited, whether it be a a relative that they don't, and they can't see anymore or moved away from, uh, different things like that. They, that kind of stuff for whatever reason can fetch you more money than you would think. So And the reason I'm kind of talking about this is because this morning I got a notification that I had sold a coffee mug and it wasn't anything special. It was a a white mug with different pictures of the New Jersey shoreline and the handle was in the shape of an anchor. And I've had this thing. It was one of the first items that I bought at a thrift store and it never sold. It, It was one of the worst buys that I felt that I made. And this morning I get a notification on my phone that it had sold for $7.49 plus $8.50 shipping. And I was just kind of sitting there and I was wondering who is the person that is buying a used coffee mug for $16? Especially now, like it's hard enough to find money in things when you don't have another stream of income and you can't really go anywhere and you can't go to your job. But some person bought a coffee mug that was used had some dings and chips in it from me for $16. And it still boggles my mind because who on earth wants a used coffee mug, number one? And number two, why are you spending $16 on a used coffee mug? It It's like kind of disgusting and it's just weird, but people do it. And it's one of the things that makes me so happy about reselling because you can actually watch people buy these random items from you and you don't know why they bought it. They, they have some reason behind it, but you bought it for a quarter to a dollar and you sold it for 15 to 16 bucks and you know you lose money on shipping and stuff like that but you still net i'm gonna net like five bucks on that mug and i bought it for a quarter so it, it's just fun i kind of enjoy those little things and those are the kind of little flips that may take a little bit longer but you're putting in such low capital on them 
that you can flip them and you're making a significantly larger amount of money from an ROI per, uh, standpoint that you're gonna be making your money back and then being able to reinvest much more quickly whenever you're getting five bucks from 25 cents rather than investing a lot of money and trying to hopefully make a sale that only nets you a lower ROI. If you're trying to start this without putting much money in, coffee mugs are great because they can help you level up your capital pretty quickly while not having to put very much down on the actual uh, initial purchase of inventory. So that's what I like with those. Again, I try and find different vintage mugs, things that say, you can look on the bottom of mugs, see where they're made. Um, if it's made out of the country, sometimes that's rare. Starbucks mugs are huge. Um, there's different mugs with painters and artists that have had their paintings and stuff reprinted on the mug. Those can do well. Different pottery that is done uh, by an artist or things like that do really well. There's, I remember there's this coffee mug that I found at a thrift store. It was like a checkerboard kind of looking mug. Uh, I think it was, I think it was like McKenzie. I'll have to look it up, but it, it was, it was some McKenzie name is what the name was. And it was, it was a designer that makes professional dinnerware. And so the coffee mug was in there for about a buck and I had sold it the next day for 25 bucks plus shipping. And so those are the kind of things you want to look for designer uh different dinnerware stuff like that different plates especially if they have like a stamp on them that that stuff can be really really expensive that can show that it's worth a lot more if it has like a an emblem put onto the bottom that's actually been stamped in there when it was made with like a press or something like that when the clay was before it was actually fired and then that kind of stuff typically is worth more you got to be careful you don't want to buy everything that's been handmade sometimes it's just from some kids art class but if it looks nice I'd pick it up and try and sell it and see what it's going for um, different team sports different milk mugs are a huge one they're like that creamy look white looking mug that um, I don't know why they're called milk mugs they kind of look like they have milk in them whenever they're empty because they're just this weird white looking color but um, those do really well so just keep your eyes out for that kind of different stuff and, and that can help you definitely make yourself some money if you're just starting out. Another thing I like to sell is plush, so like stuffed animals. And I've made a really good amount of money on stuffed animals, picking them up for anywhere from a quarter to a dollar. Sometimes they're free at garage sales, but I think now would be a good time for you to be able to look on Facebook Marketplace and stuff and then look for different items like stuffed animal lots and things like that that are for sale i wouldn't look too much into beanie babies unless you're getting a huge beanie baby lot for super cheap that you know you can put all of them together and sell it for double of what you paid or something like that on ebay but beanie babies really aren't the way to go because they're so hard to find a rare one you see them all the time on ebay sell for like 10 grand but either the person got their beanie baby bit up by somebody who didn't actually pay or a lot of people think that when you see something super cheap sell for an exorbitant amount of money like like a Disney VHS tape or a Beanie Baby um, that really isn't worth more than a couple bucks, they there's been people that speculate that that's money laundering and stuff like that. I don't know what it is. I, I'm not going to get into that, but I think that I think that those are super false and I would not base any of your sales information off of a regular item that is flipped for thousands of dollars beyond what it's actually worth. But you want to look for items that are 
I look for things that are from the 90s, from the 80s, or a specific character from a kid's TV show. So you're thinking, like, sometimes a SpongeBob stuffed animal would do really well, especially if it's older. Um, I found some Rugrats stuffed animals that were from the 90s that were in really good condition, and I lotted those together and sold those. Those did well. Um, there was even stuff that you would see in, like, the kids' section. So if you see, like, a kids' TV show, kids' um, video game or something, or a movie that's come out, those kind of stuffed animals can do really well. Like, like a high-quality Minions plush would do really well. You don't want to find one of the ones that you would just get at, like, an amusement park or something like that because those are super cheap and people really don't like to pay for that. But I've sold stuff like that before for, you know, 5 to $10 profit and, and done really well on it. It's just... I try and target a little bit higher higher quality stuff than just uh, a random thing you could win at like the carnival that comes to town or something like that. But different things like that, Looney Tunes is another thing to keep your eye out for. Those will do well. Um, really anything. I mean, there's there's a few brands that do really well, like Gund, G-U-N-D. That's a pretty good stuffed animal company. FAO Schwartz makes really high quality stuff. Um, there's a few other different stuffed animal brands, stuff that's from like the 80s and 90s, especially if it has uh, a, if it was limited or if there was just something that a lot of people around then had and now it's kind of gone out of, out of production and nobody can get anymore. That's the kind of stuffed animals that you would look for. And like I said, oftentimes you can get them for free. You can get them for a quarter to a buck and you can flip them from anywhere from 10 to 30 to $40 and beyond. It really depends on the stuffed animal and what the market is for it. But, I mean, that stuffed animal, that Rugrats stuffed animal lot that I had, I think I bought each one for a quarter. There were five or six in there, so it ended up being $1.50. And then I sold it for 25 bucks plus shipping on Mercari. And so when they take their cut, they take 10%, and I, I made $22.50 minus the $150, and I ended up making 21 bucks. So, and they sold relatively quick. If you get good in-demand stuffed animals, especially now with everybody being at home with nothing to do, people with younger kids are going to want to keep them occupied. So if you go on Facebook Marketplace or let go and you see a pretty decent sized, a lot of stuffed animals look like they're in good condition, I'd definitely try and pick them up if you can get them for the right price and try and resell them on an eBay or a Mercari. Uh, those are really the two. Mercari's really good for stuffed animals. I can't... I, I, that could be a podcast in itself, just selling stuffed animals on Mercari. But I do really well with that. You're not restricted with the amount of listings you can do on Mercari. So I put all my stuffed animals on there and save some of my eBay listings for more important things like electronics and stuff that I want to get a little bit more velocity on. But other items you can look for as a reseller if you're just starting out, um, different toys. Toys are huge. And I don't think a lot of people realize how well they can do with toys. Uh, think like Legos. Legos I've done extremely well with. I don't pick up a lot of Legos because I just don't find that many in good condition. And even when I do, they're usually not all there. And I don't have the time to sit there and count each one just because it's super time consuming. And I have much more better ways to spend my time, whether that be uh, trying to find new things to resell or something. But if you're just starting out, you typically have a lot more time. When I was just starting out, if I would have came out and found a huge lot of Legos, you can sit there and actually count out the pieces and then give a detailed description in the item description of what pieces are there, how many are there, 
and there's a couple Lego sites online that will actually give you the full printouts of what should be in each kit with pictures and stuff um, that you can look into and if you have the kit and you have the model you can actually count all the pieces and see how many are missing and stuff like that. I didn't do that I just laid all the pieces out by color and then took pictures of them and gave the person the option to look at the pictures because I didn't want to sit there for three days and try and count them all out but that took a little longer to sell if you are just starting out I would recommend definitely counting the pieces and giving them a really detailed description of what's in there however I bought six six different boxes like six different sets of Legos for about 60 bucks back in October and one of the things that I kind of debated about it was I've never sold Legos before what do I do and so for me I kind of looked at the market for it saw that there was there was a set in there of dinosaurs sorry um, there's a set of dinosaurs in there dinosaur Legos from the early 2000s and that stuff's super hard to get now because that's 20 years old so to get an almost complete set of that in itself was worth it for me to pick up for 60 bucks and so I, I sold that a few months later for 120 bucks so that more than covered all the expenses of the actual lot and then all the other littler sets I sold off for I think there was a set of like the Lone Ranger Legos from the Disney movie I sold those for 80 bucks I sold a couple other sets for 30 to 40 bucks and I sold a set for 25 bucks and so I netted I think about two to three hundred bucks on the entire lot so for 60 bucks that was something that did really well for me and I think a lot of people just have Legos lying around and right now especially there's so much demand for a product like that because people don't want to spend as much as retail but at the same time need toys to keep their kids occupied so that would be something that I would look into if I were you right now but just in general Legos do really really well um, other things that I would target TV remotes it sounds really dumb but if you are looking to spend a low amounts of capital TV remotes are really really big any kind of remotes really but like TV DVD VHS anything like that because people oftentimes have different TV sets or DVD sets and stuff that are no longer in production and they will need some sort of remote to kind of control that from their couch and if they can't find that, if it didn't come with the TV or they lost it, they're going to have to go to eBay or Amazon to find it. And so that's where you come in. You can sell them that remote. And there's really, they need that remote. They can't go anywhere else if you're the only seller on it. So you meet a demand in the market that nobody else can meet. And so you can charge 10 to 20, even a lot more, depending on how nice of a remote it is and what it's for. Some Bose remotes will go for 50 bucks plus just to control some stereo sets. So... Those are things I would keep a lookout for. Video games are huge. There's a lot of video game lots going on right now that people are selling. Like Nintendo 64, Super Nintendo, GameCube, Wii, anything like that. Just stuff that people like and like to keep themselves occupied with would be huge with video games. Um, clothing is another big thing that I would look into. A lot of vintage clothing does really well. You can look and see how many how the stitching patterns are. There's single stitch and then double stitch. And single stitch usually means that the clothing is from, I think the, before the 90s. I don't know when they actually switched it over, but there it signifies that it's pretty old. So you can look out for that and you can look up 
different ways to find out whether it's single stitch or double stitch. But like I said, all of these things are things that I would resell. And if you're starting out, they have pretty low buy costs. Things like video games may be something that's a little bit more expensive, but for the most part, you can get them for a few bucks depending on what you're looking for and what you find. But um, looking to keep your cost down as a new seller is really where you're primarily going to be finding yourself. You don't want to be spending a ton of money on something you don't understand. And so it's oftentimes better to take it slower and slow yourself down a little bit to get a better grasp as to what you're doing. And then once you have a better idea, then you can really ramp it up and start to make a lot more money. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people do that and they're, they do really well. And then a lot of people don't do that and they also do well. But if you're not comfortable kind of going all in and spending a lot of money on this, I highly suggest you keep it local, keep it at your thrift stores and keep it at garage sales and try and keep the cost down as low as you can. And from there you can sell stuff, you can make a little bit more capital and then kind of play with it a little bit and, and disperse it in different areas to try and make yourself some money. But that's really my main focus for a new reseller. That's kind of the items I would focus on. Uh, even sporting equipment, that would be good. Different things like a baseball glove and stuff like that um, have done really well for me in the past. So just keeping your eye out for those items if you want to get started that would be a huge help to you and things that you could definitely use to your advantage to make yourself some money so i think i'm going to wrap it up um i'm getting to the end of my drive anyway so i will let you guys get going but if there's anything you ever need like i always say find me on instagram or twitter and then just hit me up and ask me anything and i'll kind of help you and get you started in the right direction but for now, I'm going to go. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, and you have a good one. Peace.